For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Cardinals-specific show. I am one of your hosts. I'm your co-host, Javon J. Love Adams, and as always is my partner, my brother, my co-host, the one and only Ed Easy Smith. What is good, sir? Man, it's hot out there. Well, we're getting it in, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. So my partner not only played uh, professional baseball, but he also played in the NFL as well for multiple teams, most notably the Atlanta Falcons. And I got to ask, just on a just a random aside, was that your most enjoyable stop? I know you went to the Super Bowl, but I don't I don't necessarily just because you win doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you're always happy when you're doing it. Yeah, no, that was the out of my entire career, you know, 15 years, baseball included, uh that was the most pleasurable spot uh, and experience I had during my entire uh, career. Excellent. So we are going to get in. So we get into various topics. Uh, of course, since since Ed was in that locker room, was has has played and has done all that stuff, and sometimes even seized up on the field in training <laughs> camp. Uh, he can, he definitely gives us his perspective on that, and I just kind of you know uh, I'm along for the ride, so I have a good time as well. So this week, what I want to talk about is a couple things that came to mind. Of course, there's the uh, cornerback the cornerback uh, position is something that the Cardinals have had to address sooner than they would have expected or they didn't really expect to address it at all this season so we're going to get into that there was a, a quote from um there there was some there was a, a an article that was written on arizonasports.com that talked about the Cliff Kingsbury's uh, efforts or his his desire to have a balanced attack i want to get your thoughts on that and then also kind of the running back depth chart uh, took a look at the the depth chart there, and so again, just kind of looking at some different things, and I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, maybe an interesting twist on, uh, get your your perspective on that, and then if we have some time, and I think we will, we'll 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 cut something out to get some more of that Ed Smith, uh, th- those Ed Smith <laughs> training camp stories, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. So I really want to get into that. But before we do that, does somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Matter of fact, I was looking uh, on on the site, and there was the for the game three for the 76ers and Celtics. It looks like the Celtics uh, minus five, and that was something I was kind of looking at. So we'll see. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So Ed, again, believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I wanted to get your thoughts. We know that there was, I saw it come across that, that, uh, that Alfred, Last year, he was out all year. 
with 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 an injury, and so there was a lot of expectation that he was going to be able to man that that other cornerback position uh, opposite of Patrick Peterson. And so he's injured. What was it? A pectoral? I believe it was a pectoral injury. Um, your thoughts on that injury? So so early in camp, what does an injury to somebody who's supposed to be so important do? And then I want to get into maybe some of the different uh, maybe uh, maybe. Uh, um, replacements that are out yeah. there as well. But how does something like that um, affect a team? Early well, in training well there's camp? never a good time to have an injury uh, in training camp. Uh, but if you're going to have one, you'd rather have it early than late. And unfortunately, you know, um, you know, losing this player is going to be uh, a hit to the defense for sure, because I think they were depending on them to come in and, and, you know, kind of be that anchor on the other side with, with you know, from Patrick Peterson. Like I said, the, 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 I guess the good part of the bad injury is that it did happen early. And now the players that are, I guess, you know, the, the saying always is next man up. Those guys know now we are in a role. We're going to be in a primary role here. So with Chris Jones and Kevin Peterson, they're going to, you know, primary backups for offered last year. They're going to be pressed from, from day one of that injury now to have to step up. And this is a unique offseason where, like you said, we didn't have really a uh, – there was no offseason as far as OTAs and different things like that. And it also cut down on the amount of, I guess, uh, the ability to kind of scope the free agents out there, you know. Right. So it wasn't like we had a period where, you know, it was a lot of shopping and buying going on out there because it was kind of everything was shut down. Yeah. So right now, the guys that are out there on the street, they're literally out there on the street. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And it's kind of hard to just, you know, go grab somebody and bring them in. Yeah. You know, with this, you know, particular situation. So, you know, Jones and Peterson are going to be asked to step up. And, you know, it's unfortunate for, for Alford because this is his second year, uh, here with the organization. And from what it looks like, both his years here are going to be spent potentially on IR. He missed all of last year as well. So coming right back into the fold, you know, you know, and those injuries in football, they're just they, you you can't call them, man. A pectoral injury, uh, you know, different hamstrings, Achilles, those things go at the, the drop of a hat, and when they do, you just have to move on. One of the things that uh, an article on azcentral.com was talking about, maybe some of those, as you mentioned, some of the people that uh, some of that are available, quite possibly, uh, when you look at uh, what is it, a, a, an all pro like Logan Ryan um, is out there. Um, eight year, eight year pro. Uh, sometimes it's it, you. There was even in the article they mentioned uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Yeah. Of course, he's thirty four yeah. years old, and it's one of those things. That I think what can happen, and this can happen, that we're cross, crossing sports with this with exi- with this example here. But um, a lot of times in basketball, you go to try to grab that that player that had the star quality attached to them for so long. I think especially in in I, well, I would imagine that as a cornerback, when that leaves you, it leaves you. And you can just really be exposed. Mm, I think yeah. um, who was the there was the the cornerback Revis when yeah. he lost it, he lost it. And it was almost as if somebody literally just flipped a switch and he did not have it anymore. But there, the what about the are there any dangers of bringing in some of these free agents? When I know that's one of those time time specials trying to bring free agents yeah. on the street. But if you haven't really, if you're pressed into that evaluation or 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 in the in in the um, or in the scouting offices, are they always kind of keeping those players kind of in their on their radar just in case? Good GMs always have an eye on what's out there on the shelf. You know, you you have to because even once the injury like this happens, even once you get into the season, if you decide to go with what you have, 
you still have to be prepared for the next person or uh, to either go down or not be able to hold, you know, the uh, the spot, you right. know. And it, it's it, this is one of those instances where right now you're deciding, if you're Cardinals front office, you're deciding how confident are we in the talent that we have brought in here, meaning drafted these young guys. If you're sitting there and you're not confident, then you're scrambling. You're You're calling agents right now. You're trying to get to the very top of your list of available free agents for somebody else picks those guys up. If you're confident that these guys have talent and they might take some bumps and bruises early, but we like their skill set. We like their, uh, uh, you know, ability to, to step into the role. You might be a little more patient rather than going out there and just getting a, you know, something off the street, you know. So I would, I, I know they're having those conversations and we'll find out here real quick. I think if they go out and you just sign a free agent just to get them in here, then you're, you know, you can have a, good idea that mm, they're not too sure about what they have backing up Alfred so we'll, we'll find that out here real quickly and again uh, on Arizona sports they reported that the Arizona Cardinals are expected to sign Ken Crawley uh, to join their their cornerback competition uh, opposite of Patrick Peterson and so not expected to necessarily be a starter but again you are where you are and I wanted to before I get to the that quote-unquote possible balanced attack uh, this year, I wanted to ask this in terms of so Robert Alford again, torn pectoral muscle. You know, going to be out the entire season. Was out last season. He's 31 years old. Is do you think he's going to be able to a player like this is going to be able to come back and overcome that, especially at that position where I mean, it, the, you're injured once, and then some people try to to, to label you as being injury prone. But when it's two when it's consecutive years. You, you you might be injury prone, or you you could be you, you could be very unlucky. But your thoughts on on his career, or what he what, sh, what he should, your thoughts on his career? Well, the fact that he's never made it on the field for a regular season game for us obviously is very disappointing. And you know, I I, I feel his pain. You know, you worked so hard after being out all last year, and then just like that, you know, this season is taken from, away from you as well. Uh, the older we get, obviously the body parts start to deteriorate. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those instances, if it was uh, a knee or something lower extremity, I'd be a little more concerned about his career moving forward because as a cornerback, you know, that's all built on speed and agility and everything like that. With a pectoral muscle, he'll, you know, this is one of those, like I said, it's one of those freak things, especially for a cornerback. Right. It's not like he's a linebacker in there to reach in to make a tackle and somebody runs through it and blows it out or anything like that. This is, you know, probably uh, we all know, and I, I expect a lot of injuries early in the season because of no off season. So these guys are going to be ramping up without any prep all year long, at least, yeah. you know, the intense prep that I think you need. Because it's different when you're, when you're doing high-intensity interval training or doing some jogging. Because, you know, it's yeah. different when you got to go full <laughs> speed. and Yeah, it's, it's, that's a different I equate it of, to, you know, you're, you're a runner, and we always talk. You know, I, and I've been on treadmills before. You get on a treadmill, and it's, ooh, you know, you, you see that pace going up and everything. Then all of a sudden you get on the road and run, <laughs> right, yes, and sir. the road ain't helping you move along. <laughs> there's, no, know, there's, there's no belt. <laughs> yeah, and that's the same thing. You, I don't care how many, you know, gassers and stuff like that you do during, uh, you know, the off season or trying to prep. As soon as you get on the field and it gets to game speed, yeah. and then we talk about it all the time, game speed in preseason – it's different from game speed in regular season. So these guys are going to be going from zero to 60 without the benefit of getting on that ramp, that 35, 40-mile-an-hour 40 ramp to build up to getting on the highway. When the season starts, it's going to start. And, you know, 
there's going to be a whole lot of dudes that are going to be suffering. I'm, the amount of hamstrings, uh, quads, and things like that that are going to be blown out in this first month once they start playing the season, get ready because there's going to be a whole lot of dudes uh, on either in the training room and uh, being put on IR. Gotcha. Cool. So, believe in the Arizona Cardinals again. Um, so, I wanted to talk a little bit about the 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 claim that that Cliff Kingsbury might be interested in being uh, really trying to have a more of a balanced attack. When you have all these weapons that you have, when you're looking at the the running backs, and you have uh, the with with. Uh, uh, yeah, with the running back, with, but you have the the wide receiver, so it makes you almost like a kid in a candy store. And so he's, you know, it, he's he said that he wants to have more of a balanced attack. Do you buy that? And do you believe that in order to be successful, that they must have a balanced attack, or should he just go with what is in his DNA to do to a lot of those, you know, the the ten personnel type stuff? Man, it's going to be real tough for for Cliff. Uh, you know, you are what you are. Do you remember Denny, Denny Green and all the years? That yes. we, they are who we thought they were. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, it's, it's really difficult, especially when you're, you know, first it's fresh into this job and you're trying to establish yourself. We saw the it was so tough for the Cardinals to, uh, you know, to stay with a running game initially when, the, you know, the Johnson was the focal point because it just wasn't mixing. It wasn't working, right? And then we got Kenyon in here, and it did appear to – be a little more fluid, and it was something that looked like it was a little more natural. But it all, honestly, it starts with a mentality. Okay. And for a coach like Kingsbury, he doesn't strike me as a, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust or yeah. we're going to ram it down their throat. Right. He, he's a dude, and just the new generation is, they like to be uh, very fancy and, you know, in, in they, they want that. They love that title of genius. And when you come out there with all the fancy stuff and the three, five wide and make it I look fast. I want to pause and, on that for a second. So I want to ask you about that because you've been in a lot of locker rooms and been around a lot of different. You always get that when it comes to offensive coordinators that they want to be the genius. Have you, because you played offense. Yeah. So is that the case where offensive coordinators <laughs> definitely want to be the smartest dude in the room and that because they want to have all these different moving parts and to show how creative is that true? Oh yeah. There, you know, in every position and not just offensive, but defensive and special teams coaches that, that that's how they put their stamp on things. And that's how they get those jobs at the next level. Right. You know, you look at all the, the they are all constantly throwing the word genius around these days. Yeah. That's because everybody wants to be innovative. They got, you know, it's like that. We're going to change football. We're going to revolutionize it. And that's, I mean, it's a lot of ego involved. Plus it is, you know, these guys put a lot of work into their craft yeah. and they do want to be recognized. You can't for be it. a genius with a balanced attack. Can't right? be a genius with a balanced attack. <laughs> I'll tell you what you can do though. Okay. You can win a lot of Super Bowls and, and championships and things like that and games yeah. with a balanced attack. Yeah. And like I said, it's really hard for these coaches sometimes because like it is, you know, it's, it's everybody's all look at me. And, and you talk about, and I talk about like a mentality, right? Right. You, you like my analogies. I'm going to toss one out here. It yes, might sir. stick. It might not. You know, uh, young men, you know, especially early in our lives, you know, you, you want to, you learn how to treat a young lady or at least you know you, how you should treat a young lady. But yes, a lot of dudes, you know, you just can't do it. You know, especially when you're younger, it's all about being a dog. You want to be a dog, <laughs> be a dog, right? Then all of a right, sudden you meet right. that one and everybody's telling you, man, you need to tighten your stuff up. That's a good one there. You need to, you know, do what you need to do, right? Yeah. And so you try it. And you, you want to be the one to bring her flowers. <laughs> and you want to, you know, be there every night 
pick up your phone when it rings, that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But when it comes down to it, it's just not in you because <laughs> a dog is a dog is a dog, right? So right, right. it's hard to change. And like you said, because Kingsbury has, you know, with, with no offseason especially to get in the classroom with the guys and work on, okay, this is going to be our tack this year. If When, when push comes to self, he's going to revert back to what he knows. And we all know how that can lead sometimes when it comes to certain situations. Oh, all of a sudden, man, right. every night before you go to bed, you put that – Bring her on mute, right? Right, right. Because you don't want it going off. Right. So it's hard, bro. And we'll see. Like I said, when push comes to shove, you know, if a dog gonna be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, the allure of what was it? King and Drake had five average about five yards per rush last season with the with the Cardinals when he came to the team. So you hope that. He doesn't try to, that, that, you know, dog, don't be a dog. So we'll see how that goes. But So in terms of mentioning King and Drake, uh, I wanted to talk a bit about the backfield. Mm. So when you look at the backfield, I'm just going to name some of these. And you might say, you know, it's not, it's, not that, it's not that big of a deal. So you let me know, of course, because you are the one and only Ed Smith. But when I look at the depth chart, at least for right now, uh, we look at King and Drake, of course. Uh, then we have uh, Chase Edmonds. We have Eno Benjamin. And then there's DJ Foster. Um, and then Jonathan Ward, but, but does, how is it? My question is, is twofold. One, does that, do you feel comfortable with that, with, with that, that depth in the backfield? And then the second part of that is how do you get a chance in a situation that as we've never seen before to really, uh, to try to go from that third to, to second on the depth chart, to, to try to really get a few more carries. How does a player go about doing that? So do, are you comfortable with the depth? And then how does a player go about elevating oneself? Yeah, I, I'm comfortable with the depth. I, you know, I, I think every team likes to have a true number one. Then you've got your, you know, you, you've got your guy who can step up and be number one if something happens to number one. Uh, which is Edmonds in this case. I don't think you can give the ball to Edmonds, in my opinion. I don't think you give him the ball 30 times in a game, 35 times in a game. He's a more of a, a, a not necessarily scat back, but he's more of a guy you like to get him out on the edges. You okay. know, to, with with Drake, I think he proved last year he can run between the tackles and uh, get outside the tackles as well, and you can use him in the passing game. So you like to have that combination. When you're starting to get down to running back number three, four, and, that, and on the depth chart, they literally have it, RB3, you know, and RB4. When you're getting down to there, yeah. that's when these are dudes that, one, they're not necessarily going to be carrying the ball a whole bunch. Uh, I'll answer the second part of your question in, in a second. Yeah. But these are dudes you definitely need starring on your special teams units. Okay. And that's the important part is, Everybody, the depth of your team, you know, we always just think about offense. We think about defense. You got guys who are two and three and maybe even four on a chart. But by golly, uh, on the special teams chart, if those dudes are sitting at two and three and four on that chart too, now my question is what are you even out here on the field for? Okay. So that's why those guys are really important. And they can be change of pace guys too, you know, take some pressure off one and two, you know, for a spot here and there. As far as making a way – up the depth chart, man, this year is going to be particularly difficult because there is no preseason. Yeah. And once you get into the regular season, there's no time to be, you know, it's, it was a, a show enough said, it's time, play time's over, boy. <laughs> Meaning, it's, this is real live, uh, bullets, you know, not using that term, you know, just an expression, but this is when we're all getting paid for real now. Right. And you're, like I said, if you're reaching down to three and four in the depth chart, something's wrong. So you want, 
these guys, especially playing hard on special teams, they're not going to have a chance to shine this year because there's no preseason. You can do all you want in practice. Yeah. Now, if a dude's just out there balling, my question is how hard is everybody else going on the other side? Because right. obviously we're not trying to tackle and hit out there. You know, and the veterans, they're not going to be having it. You know, if you're trying to run through them and stuff like that, <laughs> that's a good way to get tied up to the uh, pole out, outside, of the you know, the goal pole outside. So, yeah. you know, if you have the ability, when you have those moments, and this happened to me in my career, those few moments you get early, those are the ones you just have to shine. It has to be something that they see and they're like, whoa, you know, we yeah. might be able to use that later. And that's how you do it, especially in this uh, particular situation. It's, one of the, it's, it's interesting that you say that. I, I'm curious, and it's and I know it's because he's in our backyard, but Eno Benjamin, I thought a talented back, and I just wonder if – it, 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 that there has to be some package for for him, I, I would imagine. Maybe not, mm-hmm. but but somebody like that who, when he was at ASU, I mean, he did a he he did a great job. He carried the rock, and he could also break for some of those big runs as well. And he was, I think, he did a decent job um, of of catching out of the backfield as well. But it, I just wonder how that goes about trying to get some of those extra carries, uh, or try to get some of those plays, and you don't want to waste it because your your time is limited, and you don't have that, you don't have the the little, uh, you don't have the the tester. The, you know, to be able to do it in the preseason. Well, I will say this, too. You know, we all know there are some of those blowout games, whether we're on top or on the bottom, uh, the bad, the good, or the bad side of those blowouts. You get opportunities then, too. And I know, you know, people sometimes look at, well, it was late in the fourth quarter, and, you know, we were up by 30 or down by 30. That was just meaningless yards. Those yards aren't meaningless for that player, and the experience isn't either. So we'll find those opportunities. They're just so far and few in between because most games are competitive in the NFL. And, you know, it's not like college where Alabama's playing uh, the school of the dumb, deaf, and blind, yeah. and they're up by 80 points in the first you know, half, and you just throw everybody at the next wave out there. It's not like that in the NFL. Yeah. But you'll find those moments from time to time to get guys snaps. One of the, and Just a random question before I, we get into a little story time with Ed is, do, are you a believer in momentum? Uh, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. And, and because I've seen – Maybe at the in a blowout game, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. where there's maybe that that quarterback comes in and he and he's able to to get a few of those completions, and maybe the backup carries, dude the, comes the in and throws guy, for three hundred yards. Yeah, or maybe there's um, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a player that doesn't get a lot of shine, and then he's able to do some different things to try to to try to get um, notice and then be able to get placed in the game. You see it in other sports, for example, in a blowout basketball game where where the team loses, but because of the, because they maybe focus and they start to run their offense the way it's supposed to be run. The next game that happens is that are those aberrations or do you believe that there is such a thing that as momentum being able to carry something, for example, at Cardinal practice to be able to then take it into the game to get that to, to really um, to, to really get it to curl the way it's supposed to curl. Yeah, I think there's momentum within games, uh, meaning, you know, we got out there and we just everything just started working and we got on top. We just kept rolling. I'm not necessarily a big believer in momentum carrying over from week to week or year to year. But okay. what I am a believer in is developing the culture that it's it's not necessarily momentum, but it's learning how to win or learning how to be professional or learn. Those type of things are the things that they're the little things. And that's what they do in places like New England. It's not about momentum from one game to the next. It's about the Patriot way. This is how we do things. This is how we study. This is how we prepare for games. And then once we get into games, 
all the other stuff is just just comes natural, you know. Right. It helps when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback for 20 years too. But, you know, as far as like the week-to-week thing or, you know, I've, I've been on teams where we went out and, man, you it was like, holy cow, we couldn't do anything wrong that day. Everything was working. Then you come out the next week, boy, and you get shellacked. Right. And it's you know it's it's like I said it's week to week. It's for me is if in game it can happen. And you, you know you're a big basketball man. You see how once the shots start going, yeah. boom. And then what happens the next day? You come back or you know your Lakers for <laughs> Ooh, instance. You yes know because they, they might put not talking off topic, but the beating they not beating, but the loss they took the other day. I feel sorry. I might feel sorry for Portland today because. They're going to be on a mission, meaning the Lakers. So, so all that stuff, like I said, it's a from day to day thing for me. Gotcha. So, speaking of day to day, we can go back in the day a little bit. <laughs> so, so again, so the first padded practice happened this week. Yeah. Um, it, the the first time that this, that would be kind of interesting. So, the first time, so you had gone through, you made that transition from from baseball to you know to to the NFL, and it doesn't even have to be in the NFL because I know you played in NFL Europe. Mm-hmm. But the first time that you actually put on those pads. <laughs> in a professional game, again, it doesn't matter if it's NFL Europe or if it was here in the NFL, it's stateside. What was what was that like? And then the afterwards in terms of how did your body feel? Well, you know, and I'll take you, because I hadn't been in pads for almost, it was basically 10 years yeah. from high school football to playing in the World League, I'll tell you that experience. And now I have a good story for you another time too. Uh, but that first, I remember that first uh, you know, practices and, you know, I'm trying to compete for the team. Then I make the team. We go over to Europe and then I'm in my first game, my first couple games. I'll fast forward. And I was, I still had a baseball mentality, man. Okay. Baseball mentality, meaning, you know, baseball, you know, you slide hard into somebody, you get up and you're like, Hey, sorry about that. You know, Hey, you know, no problem, man. You know, now all of a sudden I'm out there on this football field and I was still under the mindset that, you know, we're, we're all just playing a game out here. You know, we're, <laughs> right? so we were in Barcelona, Spain, man. And, you know, I had gotten a couple games under my belt. Things like I had gotten one game under my belt. So it's game two and I'm still kind of moving. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody here. I want to hit guys. I want to block, but I didn't want to hurt anybody. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I'm out there just, you know, you know, Hey, how you doing? You know, I get, I'm lined up on the right hand side. I run my route. This particular route was a post route. So I cleared the, you know, defensive end. I'm running my little uh, 12 yard post. I get in my break and I look back and I see the quarterback throw the ball. But then when I turn my head back, all I saw was this green object was, was the helmet of the defensive back who decided to take a cheap shot at me. Right. Yeah. Helmet hit me right under my jaw, under my, on my chin strap. Yeah. Now imagine this. Both my feet went vertical up in the air. Yeah. I looked like a hel- helicopter c- crashing, right? Yeah. So I hit the ground. I'm just, he knocked me out. Yeah. So I'm on all the, I, I land on the ground, crash land. I, I get on up on all fours, right? And I'm like literally like bracing, trying to figure out what the heck just happened. My chin strap was up near my nose. I'm, my helmet was almost half twisted, you know? Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what I really said. I was like, holy mama. Right? Yeah. So I thought to myself, man, I got to get up. I can't, you know, now, like, all of a sudden, you know, you, like, you pour water on a computer, right? And all of a sudden, everything starts. My brain was frazzled. I'm sitting there. But at the same time, I was like, look, I know where I'm at. I got to get up. Because I I was like, I always heard you can't show fear out there on this field. Yeah. So I managed to get up. I start wobbling back to the huddle. And from the sideline, they were looking to call me. And I was like, no, I'm getting back to this huddle. So I got back to the huddle. I'm literally leaning on my 
offensive tackle. I could not so much as stand up straight, right? Yeah. I heard the play. It was a running play away from us. So I was like, okay, let me get to this line of scrimmage. And it was third down coming up. So I get up to the line of scrimmage, and I'm in my three-point stance, and I'm leaning, bro. <laughs> oh, my god! If, if somebody would have pushed me on my shoulder, I would have fell over. But I just knew, let me just get off this field, you know, after this, if we don't make this first down. Ball snap, ball goes the other way. I literally just fall on the ground like I'm trying to cut the guy in front of me. Yeah. You know, we don't get the first down. I get up, I get off the field, and my trainer, they grab me real quick, and they because they had seen the hit I took. So this was a transformation, bro. I'm sitting on the sideline. I am fuming. This dude took a cheap shot at me. Yeah. Right then, you know, the incredible Hulk? Yes. Don't make me angry. Yeah. Because you're not going to like him when I'm angry. I sat on the sideline trying to shake the cobwebs and everything, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know who I'm going to hit. <laughs> I'm hoping I get to hit the dude to hit me. Yeah. But somebody is going to pay for what this dude just did to me, right? So, you know, team, game's going on. We eventually get back on the field to punt. You know, we get the ball back. By now, I'm shaking all the cobwebs out. Yeah. And I'm on a mission. I don't know if it's this series or next series, whatever it is. Somebody's going to take one for for what this dude did to me, right? Yeah. Perfect storm happens. So now I'm on the left side later in the game. I run a route, and I'm on the left side, and I run another post. Keep my eyes up now. But I see our quarterback scramble, and he dumps one out to the right side to our running back who's flared. Yeah. So running back gets it. He's trying to cut the corner and get up the sideline. I do a complete run around, a, a, a circle, and I'm coming back, and I'm looking, looking, looking. And right as a dude was trying to cut our running back off and tack him on the sideline, it was like the perfect storm. I came flying through, boy. I hit this dude so hard. It was a perfectly legal hit because I got my head across. Yeah. Decleated him. Really? And my entire sideline was just jumped. And I was a, and that was the moment I realized when I was out on the football field, I didn't have any friends. If you were wearing the same color as me, we were friends. Right. You had the other color on. And if I had a shot, it was now my duty. Because if you were, if I didn't hit you, you were going to hit me. Yeah. And my entire mentality for the rest of my entire career, Jay, I, when I was out on the field, I could be the nicest guy off the field. When I got on the field, if, if my mother heard the way I had to talk sometime and if she knew what was running through my mind when in terms of, look, if, I, if I, two, two dudes going to hit, I'm going to be the one delivering it. I'm not going to be the one taking it. Right. And I never let my guard down again throughout my entire rest of my career through the World League. Uh, you know, four seasons in the NFL and then the XFL. Never again was I that dude. Now, you know, we all take those hits. You know, sometimes you just run, go, run up against that force. Yeah. But I was never unprepared again. I always knew, one, keep your head on the swivel, and it's better to be the hitter than the hittee. Yes. So, <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. So when you watch football now, can you can you spot those players that haven't been able to make that adjustment the way that you did? That, that one hit made you say – this is how it's got to be. I got to be. I got to be David Banner off the field and, and the Hulk when I'm on the field. Can you see those players that don't make that that don't make that transition when they play? Yeah, you you can tell. You there, can there are just ways, you know, like uh, especially position wise, because you know a lot of cornerbacks. You know, Deion Sanders never made a tackle in his entire career. He didn't want to, right? But right. he could cover you, and if he had to push you out of bounds, but you never one time heard. You know, oh, that was a great hit by Dion. Yeah. But Steve Atwater, ooh, man, that dude. And I played when, when you always knew where Steve Atwater and man. those type of dudes right, were. Right, right. Uh, uh, Ray Lewis, uh, you know, I run down the list. You run down the list. You yeah. knew where those dudes were. And there were other dudes that, 
would hit you if they had an opportunity, but that wasn't their first thing. And then there were dudes that, you know, like I said, from position to position and player to player, they were dudes that just didn't like contact, and you could tell. Yeah, some but, of those, uh, what was it, uh, famous player that would always run out of bounds a few steps early. Um, Franco Harris? Franco Harris. Yeah, yeah he did that. Even, hey, I'm, I'm yeah. preserving his body right I'll here. say this much, you know, and it's funny you bring him up. My mom and I, we talk about my mom. She's a great football sports historian, you know, See, we we were talking the other day because we were just bringing up old players about Earl Campbell. How Earl would put his head down and put his you you'd walk away with an imprint yeah. of Earl's helmet in yeah. your chest. He yeah. tried to break your sternum and your shoulder pads. Yeah. Whereas uh, Franco, Franco, he knew if I, I can get five on this on this run, or I can get seven, but maybe take it. That five is perfectly fine <laughs> with me, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But today. Yeah, Earl yeah. can't walk up the flight of stairs. Yeah, wheelchair wherever he goes. Last I saw, Franco was you know still bebopping around. Yeah. So there's something to be said for Indeed. hero, hero. He, you know, being a hero out there sometimes is not necessarily you know. Indeed, in the- <laughs> indeed. And so that's how we do it. We I like the story time with Ed. I like this. So we're gonna have to keep this going. So that is the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals episode for this week. Tell a friend to tell a friend about what we got going on here. Subscribe, do whatever you got to do, share it, all that type of stuff. So as we always like to say about this time, Ayukit. Until next week, be easy out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.